This is another episode of Main Corpse. I am your host, Matt. And I'm Kelsey. This is Kelsey. We have got a story for you that's going to turn the stomach. I'm just already diving into the tube. I get it. Welcome to Main Corpse. This is Matt. And I'm Kelsey. And today... I'm coming at you with two barrels. I'm not going to lie. Oh, man. There's not a single murder in my story. Nice. But we are going to... We're, we're going to unload two barrels of soapbox action today. So I'm really excited about this one. But before we get to that, we got our food of the day from El Rincon. And have you you've, have you been to El Rincon a lot? Um, not recently. Um, mm-hmm. it was the place to go, like, when I was a kid. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was like where every family went for Because there affordable, were no other Mexican yeah. restaurants around, and now there's, like, 15. That, and it's super affordable. Yeah. Uh, I really, I really do like it for that. They have, like, lunch specials. They're much more of, like, a Tex-Mex. Yeah. They're, like, kind of an Americanized, uh, Mexican food. Mm-hmm. And realistically, being the first Mexican place in an area like this, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. So today we picked up um, chimichangas. Uh, we got the fried ones. You can get them either soft or fried. Of course, I got them fried because I'm American. Um, how dare you uh, be unpatriotic in my presence? Uh, we got one with shredded chicken, one with beef. Um, and we also got sopapillas and we also got cheese. I like and how you pointed at the wrong ones. I said chicken and beef, no, you... right? Did I not? No. Shit. Okay. <laughs> um, we, so, uh, cards on the table. Kelsey has already been eating the cheese over here because um, she already knows it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to chew and talk. <laughs> um. So yeah, let's let's just dive right in and and give this a shot. It was incredibly affordable to get all of this, and I got a side of beans for the baby that, uh, it's bigger than her. Um, yeah. It's humongous. So, I didn't know it was going to be that many beans, so uh, you're welcome, Millie, and I'm sorry to her parents. Because you know that's what, it's okay. She, she's going to need it. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to dive right into the chicken one, the because chicken. it just looks, the chicken looks really good. Okay. I just got, like, a big bunch of chicken. I'm surprised that I like it. I've never had a chimichanga, ever. What? I don't... I never thought I'd like them. Oh, really? Yeah, because my favorite my favorite food um, that is, like, a Mexican food is enchiladas. Oh. I really like, like, the gooey, mm-hmm. like... It, it's the perfect Mexican gooey bread. Yeah, and this is the, um, like, the antithesis of an enchilada. Yeah, so I, I've i never tried one because I was like, eh, it's not, it's not my speed, but it's good. I'm really glad I chose these today, then. I'll tell you this, your husband loves them. I know. Yeah. They're Michael's favorite. <laughs> but when he orders them, how does he order them? Don't make me do this. Chimichangas. It's how he orders them. It's awesome. Chimichangas mm. with beef tips. Yep. Fried. See, I didn't say beef tips. So we got the, I believe, no, that's beef tips. I thought it was ground beef. I don't think you really have to specify anymore because almost everyone orders them with beef tips in this area. So I prefer the chicken. But I haven't had this in forever, so. I like both. Okay, the beef tips are super good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really, really good, actually. 
Okay. So far, two of two. I love the chicken chimichanga. I, I love like the, the beef chicken one. better. I do like the chicken one better, too. Mm -hmm. Not going to lie. Not going to front. I like it more. It's, it's also more substantial. Is I think the other reason why I like it more. It's just got mm -hmm. a lot more going on. Um, their beans are... It's got a lot more flavor to it. Their beans are always good. It's so hard to screw up a refried bean. Um, mm -hmm. But I do love me some cheese. So <laughs> They do have really good cheese dip, too. Um, I do like it. That's the other reason I like the chimichangas. They just pour the cheese over top mm -hmm. of it. They don't even try to act like it's anything other than a fried mound of meat with cheese over it. And I respect that. <laughs> I've got a question for you. Yes. When you go to a Mexican restaurant, mm -hmm. do you like the, do you prefer the salsa or do you prefer the cheese? I like them equally. Okay. All right. That's a really good answer. I like them equally for different reasons because the cheese is so like rich mm -hmm. and thick and just such a really great flavor, but the acidity of the salsa cuts through that for me. Okay. Yeah. And it's a really nice pairing. I'm I'm the person who mixes the two. That's really cool. That's it. Because <laughs> I literally do the same thing too. Okay. Like when when I order something and it's got cheese like on the rice or something like that, I immediately pour the salsa on top. Of yeah, it. like yeah. and my my cheese always looks like shit because it's got a bunch of salsa in it. Mm -hmm. But okay, it's that's good. Yeah, I am I am the free salsa type of guy more mm -hmm. than I am the cheese guy. I love just the the really inexpensive. Easy going salsa. I just, it's I good it. salsa though. Like, and mm -hmm. this one's not loaded with um, cilantro the way most are. So Michael probably likes this pretty well. Mm -mm -mm. Mm -hmm. I like that salsa at a Mexican restaurant has no chunk to it. It's basically just taco sauce. Yeah, it's in a bowl. That's the best part. Like, I always order an extra one when I know my food's about to come out, so I have it for my your food. food. Yeah. yeah. It's my favorite thing to do. How's their cheese today? Pretty good. Is it pretty awesome? I mean, it's a bowl of liquid white cheese. Of course it's good. I mean, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with it. Okay. Re like, I, I wish I had say, a complaint so that I could say something was wrong, but I don't. I'm going to say that, yeah, the chicken was better. And the, the main reason I'm going to pick the chicken over the beef is because I... Again, you know this about me. Everybody listening to this knows this already. I am a textural eater. Um, I like the texture of the chicken. Um, it tastes really good. It's got great flavor. Um, the beans are added. They're, they're there. They're just beans. They have a good flavor. The cheese is good. The only complaint I would have, the chips are a little stale for me. Did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah. They've been sitting there for a minute, but that's okay. Not the end of the world. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna say this was, this was really, really good. I'm really glad we decided to pick that up. And give that a shot. All right. Are you ready for this sopapilla? I am more than ready for it. I love sopapilla. It's one of my favorite things in the world. I was literally about to say, let's just go get a knife and we'll cut it. And then Kelsey just picks it up and just starts pulling it apart. Yeah, I'm like, I don't Damn. like whipped cream, so have it. Oh, sweet. Okay. I'm not going to say no. Oh, this is probably the best sopapilla I've ever had. This is really good sopapilla. This is, I mean, outstanding. Yeah, it's... Oh. It's not just cinnamon sugar. There's actual cinnamon sprinkles on it. There really, there really is cinnamon all over it. You can see it everywhere. When I picked it up, look at what happened on the table. Mm -hmm. There's literally cinnamon everywhere on the table now. I don't even care. It's so good. Um, 
It's crispy. It's sweet. The texture is mm-hmm. perfect. It's not like overcooked. Someone who loves sopapilla made this sopapilla. Mm-hmm. I agree. Put that part of it down. Thank you. My sopapilla started to fall apart. <laughs> it's the weight of all the whipped cream I gave you. Mmm. <laughs> the whipped cream is actually really good. The, you don't like whipped cream? I don't like the oily texture mm, of whipped cream. I love it. <laughs> I can't help it. But the flavor on that whipped cream, like the little bit that I did get, was good. Okay, Elrin Con. I see you. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't split that with Michael the way we thought we were going to. I see you sitting over there with the best sopapilla in the area. Just kind of... uh, When you walk up to this place, (laughs) it is the most magical thing. It has a fake house, like, front. And it's painted, like, bright orange. Now, this is is the same Mexican restaurant that is literally in a back alley. Uh Uh-huh. They they had to find a back alley yeah. to put a restaurant into for this. You feel dangerous walking in there, and I'm you all do. about it. <laughs> okay, Elrin Khan. Yeah, out of left field. That was really, someone, really good. Yeah, someone's sleeping on this somewhere. This is too good mm-hmm. to be... Oh, my God. From now on, whenever I come over, because it's literally on my route, no matter what we're doing, I'm going to swing in and order soap. You know how much that is? Like $2. It's like a buck eighty for mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that is worth every penny. Yeah, yeah, that is excellent. Well, I get why it doesn't cost much. It's literally just a fried tortilla that mm-hmm. they top. Well, I mean, come on. But it's delicious. Uh, there, there are times worth something, and it takes, like, what, 20 seconds to yeah. fry that? Okay. Maybe. Max. <laughs> All right. So, Elrin Khan, um, again, uh, through, like, out of left field, I did not expect, and this is not a knock on Elrin Khan, I just... I've been expanding more into, like, the more traditional Mexican restaurants mm-hmm. and, like, really enjoying, like, traditional street tacos and things like that. Um, it was actually really nice to go back to where my love of Mexican food began, the yeah. uh, old school Tex-Mex, and give that a shot. So, if you want to know where they are, um, you can find them fairly easy just by Googling them. I think they're, like, the only one that comes up. Um, they're on 112 Thompson Drive in Bridgeport, West Virginia. Um, I say give them a shot if you love Tex-Mex food because it is mm-hmm. really, really um, way better than what you expect. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that I've ever had there that I was like, this is disgusting. I can't eat this. Right. Um, but wow, the soap up here. Like you said, for years, it was kind of like the go-to around here. Yeah. And like all me and all my friends in high school, we would like, we would literally go out and like scrounge change out of our cars and meet there and just order like two big platters of food and share it. And it was always enough food. Always enough. Okay. So um, I think it's time we move into our story for today. All right, let's do it. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to preface this. Oh no. Really quickly, and I'm going to say that there, this is going to be a very educational episode, um, so I hope you're ready for that. And I'm also going to say that if you are averse to hearing stories um, of fundamentalism gone wrong, then I would probably avoid this episode. Um, I know that's very triggering for a lot of people. Um, also, we're going to be talking um, a lot about child abuse uh, during this episode, so if anyone has any um, 
you know, potential triggers to that, just be warned ahead of time. Uh, but this is a very important story that I feel like I'm about to tell, and I hope that everybody um, kind of gets something out of it, all right? So um, I know I'm normally the silly, stupid one. I'm going to try to keep that up here. I'm going to try to, but this one gets a little bit heavy. So today, I'm going to talk about the 12 tribes. Have you ever heard of the 12 tribes before? I haven't. Okay. So... I'm going to tell you who they are in their own words first. Okay. This is still an active community of people. Um, they have a website where you can go and learn more about them, about what they do, about um, who they are, about where they're from, about what they hope for the future. You can really dive in. And I've been, I've been on this group, this community, for mm -hmm. a couple months putting this together. And it finally all came together when I got the last couple pieces that I needed. But let's hear who they are in their own words. So this is directly from their website, which can be found um, at 12tribes.org. So this is under the Who We Are section, and it states, The 12 Tribes is an emerging spiritual nation. We're a confederation of 12 self-governing tribes made up of self-governing communities. A com by community, we mean families and single people who live together in homes and on farms. We're the disciples of the Son of God, whom we call by his Hebrew name, Yahshua. I think that's how you say that. Okay. Um, we follow the Old and New Testament scriptures and live like the early disciples in Acts chapter 2 and 4. With all of our hearts, we want to do our Father's will, which is to love one another and be a light to the nations so that they can see our life of love and know how much their creator loves them. Okay. Pretty, pretty benign on the surface, Yeah, I would say. It, it sounds like what most religious people want from, from their teachings, from their communities, from their life. So if you aren't following who they are in their own words, let's talk a little bit about their history. So the 12 Tribes is a communal Bible-based movement that came out of the Jesus movement um, in, the, in the U.S. in the 1970s. Basically, there was a group of hippies <laughs> that moved from your basic um, hippie communal living to um, more of a spiritual um, Christian living. Um, and this group kind of sprang from that movement. The 12 tribes is one of a few, uh, one of the few groups that survived from this period without disbanding or being absorbed into the U.S. religious mainstream. Um, Albert Eugene Spriggs worked as a personal manager and former school teacher when he joined a charismatic church in Glendale, California in 1971. When the church disbanded, he moved back to his hometown of Chattanooga, Tennessee with his wife, Marcia Ann Duvall. Um, once they moved back, the couple set up a small coffee shop in 1972 called the Light Brigade, where they held Bible study groups in the evenings. Running this shop, they courted both conservative Christians and hippies who considered themselves part of the lost generation. Um, these Bible study sessions would extend long into the night, so people started bringing their own sleeping bags and would actually sleep on the floor after the sermons were over. Eventually, many of them decided just to move in. Okay. Okay, so they decided to just kind of move in and stay there. Um, 
And they did this because the Spriggses were very kind people, according to most, and they would share their resources uh, with the people who would stay there with them and with their congregation. Um, the coffeehouse ministry eventually expanded to include five Victorian houses that were renovated by the Spriggs and his followers. They also opened a small health food cafe called the Yellow Deli. Um, they attended the First Presbyterian Church with their flock and worked closely with the new covenant um, apostolic order. I, I have struggled with that word for months now, um, which is a short-lived Christian group from the time. So by most accounts, the group was staying relatively mainstream at this point, following mainstream uh, Christian evangelical ideas. But there was a break in 1975. So the Spriggses and their friends arrived for a Sunday morning service and discovered that the service had been canceled on account of the Super Bowl. And this rubbed them the wrong way. All right. So if you're in the American South, um, football was king above most other things. Right. Um, we're in West Virginia. Everybody in this state, or most people, love football, whether it's high school football, college football. Some people cry when their team loses to Pitt. Um, some people just don't know how to deal after that. Something like that happens. I'm not going to name any names, but, you know, some people have some... Is that some what happened this that. weekend? Let's not talk about that. Let's All continue. Right. Um, so they arrived for Sunday service and found that it had been canceled because of the Super Bowl. Hey, I get you. All right. I would cancel most things to watch the Super Bowl. If my child were being born and the Super Bowl was on, I would be asking the doctors, is there any way to slow this thing down until after the fourth quarter? I understand. I get it. Um, but they got very, very upset about it. So... They and their friends began to hold their own Sunday services in their communal homes and started calling themselves the Vine Community Church. Spriggs began to baptize members himself in a local pond. This act began to alienate the local Chattanooga Christian community because he was not ordained in any way. So, according to them, he was basically creating his own church and doing things his own way without being ordained um, to be able to do so. Um, they also began observing the Sabbath on Saturday, following the Jewish custom. In 1980, the group relocated, leaving Tennessee. Now, my understanding from the things I've read, they were... They left, but they were kind of pushed out. Ah. Uh, you know, that arm's length, get on get on up on out of here. Mm -hmm. And they left for Island Pond, Vermont, um, where they started calling the church um, uh, the church in Island Pond. And they spread through New England. Uh, they adopted a new name, the Northeast Kingdom Community Church. Okay? So again, Spriggs and his wife started this church. It started off mundane enough. They were just letting people come to their, their coffee shop and congregate and meet. People started staying with them and really following them. They made a break with the mainstream church, and then they moved to the Northeast um, under what I have been led to believe was some pretty severe scrutiny. So that's where we are right now. So how do you feel so far? Um. It all seems pretty typical for the beginning of a cult, but go ahead. Okay. Let's let's not throw the C word out there just yet. All right. You guys know me. I usually steer clear of 
Things like cults. cults? Yeah, yeah, we've never yeah. talked about one on this show before. Gene Spriggs is recognized by his congregation as an apostle or an authoritative teacher. Although all community members believe that they're inspired by God and have the gift of prophecy, Spriggs exhibits these gifts on a higher level, and they call him Yonek, Y-O-N-E-Q, which is Hebrew for sapling. So once they made their move north, they started to follow Spriggs as an apostle or an authoritative teacher and even gave him his own name of Yonek, which is Hebrew for sapling. Um, This movement has now grown to around 2,500 members at this point. Um, Half of them are second, well, at this point right now, they they have 2,500 members. Half of them are second and third generation, living in communities across nine countries. Um, These countries include New Zealand, Brazil, England, France, Germany, Spain, and Canada. Their early communities were established, again, like I said, in New England, so Vermont, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and this is where you're going to find the largest concentration of the members to this day. Um, Over their 30-year history, the 12 tribes have come to believe that they are the restoration of the Hebrew New Testament community. This belief evolved through members' study of biblical and personal experiences. They reject the Christianity of mainstream churches in favor of their communal church that seeks to bring the return and loving union with Jesus. Um, The community attempts to restore um, the New Testament church. They're divided into tribes that correspond with their geographical regions. Men are expected to grow full beards, and women cover their heads with scarves following the Jewish custom. Okay? So, again, as you can tell, they left Tennessee under some scrutiny there because um, their leader began just randomly baptizing people himself. They went to the Northeast where they began to expand their foothold, and now members are starting to see some strict codes. Um, These codes are like codes of... Um, like ethics, dress, and diet. They must surrender to the hierarchical, ah, jeez, hierarchical, (laughs) the hierarchy that descends from God through their leader, Yonek. The elders, the teachers, the fathers, the mothers, and the children. Um, The 12 tribes is is dedicated to raising up people who are truly loving and free of sin and selfishness. The church defines itself as pure, as sorry, as the pure and spotless bride of the revelation who is preparing for the return of her king for the second coming. Okay. <sighs> okay. Anyone who's ever listened to us, or more specifically, one of my episodes, <laughs> has likely figured out where I'm going with all this. Um... Anytime a group gives away their free will and openly becomes subordinates uh, to the will of a single leader, um, they're destined to do some terrible, borderline, inhuman things. And this community is no different. Were it not for potential legal issues, I would use the word that starts with a C. That isn't community, but it is what it is. (laughs) Um, They are a very active group. And they definitely do not like the term cult. And that's why we're going to continue to call them a community. 
Um, let's jump in the deeper end. But just for fun. Yeah. The definition of a cult. <laughs> yep. A system Please. of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object, possibly someone with a name. Um, a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. Sinister. A misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing. What was the name of their leader? I forgot his name. Yonek. Uh, Yonek. Yeah, the sapling. And re remember what they said about him? That he, like, they all have spiritual communion, but, like, but he, he can is. just do it on a higher level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, thank you Which for... Which is why yeah. we're calling them a community, because yeah. it doesn't fit into the definition doesn't of Doesn't fit the at all. Doesn't fit at all. Um, so let's jump into the deeper end here. All right? So... I'm saying deeper in because, guys, I get that we're already floating around in 10 feet full of fucking crazy here. Um, we but, can't use that secret either, probably. But we're going to go a little bit deeper here, all right? Uh, we're going to go a little bit deeper. Um, former members have come out with claims that the cult abuses children. Not only do they abuse children, but they block access to proper medical care. And they fail to recognize even the most basic human rights, um, which they are violating daily, according to people who have left this community. Um, hidden camera investigation shows have actually found children as young as 10 working in factories, on farms, and being abused and beaten with rods. Some members have compared the way that children are treated to the way that you would attempt to break a dog. I. They teach them to fear the adult <laughs> members, not just their parents, but all adult members, through force and pain. I'm sure that's healthy. Um, there are books that they have. Um, I've actually watched a few things where they show these books. One of them is the authority teachings that are handed out to members of the community, advising them to use herbs and vitamins to cure things like pneumonia in children and preeclampsia. What? According to former members, these books are, quote, your first port of call, and you are not to go to doctors unless instructed to do so. I don't know. Do we have any, like, numbers on how many people have just fucking died? Yeah, so remember how I said there are no murders in this? Um, there may not be any any murders that I can report from this, but I agree with you. I would love to see the number of people who have died from this community um, forcing their members um, to use herbs like like vitamin C and garlic and olive oil to treat pneumonia in children. I'm more concerned about preeclampsia. Yeah, I had that with Millie. I literally almost died. Yeah, they they like, have they have it in their book. They have it in their book that this is what you do for that. I hate this, and I hate them. I like I don't this, care what c awful. word that we're gonna call them, but yeah. it's a four letter word, and it actually ends in a t. Yeah, I agreed. Totally agreed. I keep thinking that whenever we talk about the C word, because that's what they are. A bunch of those. The community leaders use control techniques, um, such as blaming your failure to have a child on sins you've committed. Ah, uh, yes. Gaslighting. In the community, 
um, issues such as stillborn children, children with life-threatening defects, and children becoming seriously ill and not being treated professionally are regular occurrences. Yeah, no doubt. Former members have told stories that they were convinced to turn down C-sections because natural childbirth and the results of those births are the will of God. There's actually an interview with a former member, I'm not going to use his name, where he tells the story of his wife having severe, severe complications while pregnant, and they were actually given the go-ahead to visit a doctor, and the doctor... Um, advised them to have a C-section and they were told that they absolutely were not to do that because whatever happens is the will of God. Whether the mother dies, the child dies, they both die, it's the will of God. And that C-sections are unnatural. I mean, happy removal day tumor, baby. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Jesus. I, I was on the fence about covering this group, and here's why. Because, again, they, they have skirted the law so many times. They have actually had warrants served on them for child abuse and wiggled their way out of it. Um, and and it, it's, it's absolutely... Um, disgusting? Is disgusting the word you're looking for? It's disgusting. I mean, it's, it's absolutely disgusting. Um, human rights abuses aren't the only problem facing the group. Their teachings are widely considered extremely problematic. When researching, I found the following quote from an article written by the Southern Poverty Law Center. The Twelve Tribes, a Christian fundamentalist cult, again, this is a uh, quote from the Southern Poverty Law Center. The Twelve Tribes, a Christian fundamentalist cult, uh, born in the American South in the 1970s, is little known to much of the country, and on first impression, um, its communes and hippie-vibed restaurants and cafes may seem quaint, but beneath the surface lies a tangle of doctrine that teaches its followers that slavery was a marvelous opportunity for black people, who are deemed by the Bible to be servants of the whites, and that homosexuals deserve no less than death. While homosexuals are shunned by the 12 tribes, though ex-members say that the group brags about unnamed members who are formerly gay, the group actively proselytizes to African Americans, yet one of its black leaders glorifies the teachings of the early Ku Klux Klan. The 12 tribes tries to keep its extremist teachings on race from novice members and outsiders, but former members and experts on fringe religious movements who've helped its followers escape paint a dark picture of life in the group's monastic communities, especially for black members who must reconcile the appalling teachings on race with their own heritage and skin color. So you said they're like hippie vibe restaurants and stuff coffee shops mm -hmm. do they like have businesses that they sure do can um, we get a list of those there is a list available on wikipedia that you can avoid um i did right. go through them and they weren't any major ones or anything like that it doesn't that matter it's not somewhere with. i yeah. want to like trip over agreed agreed so the one that i will warn everybody about is the yellow deli they have a lot of yellow delis it's like a big chain um okay. and it is owned by this group and 
um, its members um, freely work there. Gotcha. Slave labor. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, volunteerism. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying or advocating for the idea that the Twelve Oaks community is a cult. Or, sorry, the Twelve Tribes community is a cult. I want to be very clear about that. But we have seen groups like this devolve to the point that terrible things happen. And terrible things are currently happening. And it's only a matter of time before somebody gets seriously hurt um, or killed or seriously hurts or kills somebody else. So you need to make sure um, that you are aware of the businesses they run. Again, the big one was the... The Yellow Deli. The Yellow Deli. Um, Avoid that one if you don't want to be part of this community. Um, And if you or someone you know um, runs into that group, you need to understand what you're dealing with. Because, again, they are still extremely active. And they are still still extremely prominent. um, And they have this ability to pull people in. Doctrines like those followed by the 12 tribes can be dangerous, poisonous, and toxic. And the argument that I'm normally seeing across the internet seems to be something like these people are there of their own free will. No one's holding them hostage. But guys, what you have to understand if that's your argument for groups like this is that mental warfare and manipulation is real. And And brainwashing and and gaslighting and and all of the things that you said were literally the very first thing that abusers do to their victims. Yep. So at what point are you going, if that's your argument, because again, this is all over the internet. um, And at what point are you going to, to just reconcile in your own mind that they are abusing these people? Um, Their followers are absolutely being abused. This community um, is abusing their followers, the children of their followers, the family of their followers. um, And you could inadvertently be doing business with this group. Um, I'm going to end my portion of this with a quote that I found extremely powerful, not just when it comes to this group, but when it comes to all extremist groups. A former member was asked in 2020 if he would call the 12 tribes a cult, to which he responded, you could use that word. I normally don't use that word. Sect is probably better, a little bit less emotional, but definitely high controlling. If you're not in, you're out. If you're not with me, you're against me. If you want to have a strong identity, create a strong enemy, and then you really know who you are. That's all I have to say about it. I'm going to let it go there. But, guys, be warned. The 12 Tribes is a community that you know nothing about, or probably knew very little about, that exists right under your nose, um, and could potentially... Um, easily pull in more fundamentalist members of your friends and family. So remember to just keep a close eye on people that you know, because these groups, not just uh, the 12 tribes, these groups exist all over the place. They do, and they prey on people who need something that they're not getting. And 
if you need to be part of a community, be part of the main corpse community. Uh, we'll never ask you for money. We'll never ask you to believe our ideas. We'll just ask you to have a conversation with us. That's all we want. So if you if you if you have a need to to to, to be wanted that much, don't go to those lengths uh, to to feel wanted because that's that's a dangerous dangerous path. Yeah, and Tumblr's out there. Tumblr's out there. Go do that. <laughs> yeah, this one. This one. Um, I, again, I, I don't know what else to say about it. I thought about going more into the history of the community, but it, it seems it, it seems like it doesn't really matter. What really matters <clears throat> is what they're doing to their followers, what they're guilty of. Um, and, and again, the argument that I see everywhere, is it a cult? Is it a sect? Is it a community? Regardless, it's dangerous. Yeah, it, it's dangerous no matter what. Um, so... Stay safe. I don't want. I don't know why semantics matter. Semantics matter to a lot of people. <laughs> I don't know why either, but they sure do. Because the internet exists. Because the internet exists. But um, yeah. Fun fact for the day, since you just told the saddest thing ever. Did you know that Neil Gaiman has a Tumblr? Um, I did not know, but that's he amazing does, and he I still updates him. it. What? Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's adorable. Um, so that's our fun fact for the day. And talking about the Main Corpse community, um, I can't wait until we get enough people that we have our own like cute little name. Yeah, we need it. Uh, we need it. So start thinking of names for yeah. yourselves and tell us what you want to call yourselves. Uh, we're, we're here for it. Yeah, for sure. But also, finally, my last thing, um, we got to meet some of you this past weekend when we did the farmer's market and Matt and I were just talking about it and it is just the coolest thing. So thank you guys so much for being an amazing community mm -hmm. and um, we'll try to stay away from the shorter C word. When, when applicable. <laughs> when applicable. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. When I feel like we need to um, for, for, uh, well, I just meant for us in general. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, which C word? Either way. We'll stay away from both of them <laughs> if, if we need to. But, yeah, I agree. It was amazing to meet all you guys. Yeah. Um, please keep coming out. Uh, in October, uh, we are going to be doing a live episode there. I think it's. I think we can say that now. Yeah. Um, we're going to do yeah. a live episode on the 9th with or without participation. Yeah. If you want to come out and throw up a uh, folding chair and, and just kind of... Uh, vibe be, with us yeah, yeah. You, you can be the background clapping and applauding we would love to have you there brittle love trying to like work that out when she does she she editing. just won't she'll, she'll be like we're gonna hear him clap and, and yell and stuff um and it's gonna be a lot of fun i am keeping that episode light and carefree yeah. and fun and uh i think there's like 16 murders and one i'm gonna cover for that one so yeah i guess less light and carefree but light and carefree compared to what we just talked about fair enough all right, um, this has been Main Corpse. Stay creepy. Stay super creepy, guys, and think about what you want to be called, because now there's more than two of you. Yeah, and where, <laughs> where can they find us? They can find us on Anchor. They can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and most other places where you can find fantastic podcasts, but also us. Stay creepy, you freaking weirdos. <laughs> <laughs>